Fire 2 shocked the world this past Halloween season, opening at 886 screens, eventually expanding to over 1,500. It grew on to gross 10 million domestically, and it keeps growing and growing and growing. Most recently coming out on Amazon Prime just the past week or two. Uh, internationally, it's made millions, especially in Mexico. Uh, the public was not yet aware of the world dominated by a smiling psychopath hiding under white and black face paint. Arctic Clown first appeared in the short film The Ninth Circle in 2008. He joined feature films in the anthology All Hallows Eve in 2013. Damien Leone, the writer, director, and effects artist, went on to launch the Terrifier franchise in 2016, introducing a new actor in the role, David Howard Thornton. Horror Realm now welcomes to the stage the creator and the portrayer of that smiling son of Satan, Art the Clown. Please welcome Damien Leone and David Howard Thornton. Hello, everybody. Hello. Great to meet you. Great to meet you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to meet you. So, how was your last six months? Hello. Wow. Very <laughs> successful. Uh, tornado. <laughs> in the best way. Yeah, yeah. we're still trying to, you know, fig, you know, we still feel like we're in a, in a cloud, honestly, in a fog. Yeah. It's been wonderful, very surreal. What's it like to have Howard Stern just started talking about you for a half hour at a time. That was crazy. I, I woke up because I, I always sleep late and my phone was going crazy. And it was like my agent, like, David, answer the phone now, please. Uh, Howard Stern's people want to talk to you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm like half awake, just like, okay, I'm going to do an interview. Just like, just totally just, uh, hi. <laughs> so that was you don't expect to hear something like that the first thing you wake up in the morning that Howard Stern was just talking about you and now he wants to, you know, his his people want to interview. So that was, that was pretty pretty cool. Pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> I've been a fan of his since I'm 12. So okay. to hear Art the Clown come out of his mouth and terrifier and say, his name's Art? Oh, I like that. Like, that was the coolest thing ever. So, uh, yeah, thanks to Richard Christie on the show. Yes. Uh, he's a huge fan. Huge. Uh, they that's, they so had me actually surprised Richard Christie yeah. on a, a Lieberman show. So they, 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 he didn't know I was going to be talking to him. So he, he started to freak out right there on air with me. And I was like, this is so crazy. <laughs> so we're are, supposed to be the ones freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> are you mainstream now? Are you mainstream? That's up to you guys. Yeah, really. Saying, I guess. What do you guys think? <laughs> popularity has certainly grown after part two for sure um so you know once people started fainting and uh, supposedly puking in the theaters uh, that's when it sort of went viral and uh, really piqued everybody's interest and they wanted to see what this movie was about if it was sort of a bit of a hoax or if we could really walk the walk so i think i think we walked the walk a little bit i noticed you <laughs> smiled while saying puking <laughs> So we can't say I'm upset with it. <laughs> how, do, how do you get an idea like Art to Clown? Uh, yeah. What, what's you know, wrong with you? Yeah, a lot. A lot. 
You know, when, when you're a young, uh, you know, aspiring filmmaker and you love horror, you just think of, what would I do with a vampire? What would I do with a werewolf? And just like all these kind of different classic tropes. And I had my thoughts on, on what I could do differently with a clown at the time when I was in my early 20s. And uh, I decided that I would, you know, I had this cool idea that of, of now what you know is Art the Clown terrorizing this woman on a bus in the middle of the night. That was the first idea I had, uh, just being his typical uh, kind of just standing there, creepy, staring at her, very awkward, making her very uncomfortable, and then honking his horn at her, and then <laughs> sitting next to her, just, just progressively getting more and more intense until he's trying to stick her with a needle. That was the idea I had. And then I said, that would be a good way to kick off this short film that I had in mind. And then when I just started sketching what he would look like, I purposely kept staying as far away from Tim Curry's Pennywise design as possible because he's the king and there's no point in stepping on his toe. So I wanted to be very different. So I just kept really making his look aesthetically simpler and simpler and taking away all the color and all those attributes like the hair and the bulbous nose. And then eventually I just kind of settled on the design that you know now is really only one design. Uh, at the end of the day, it was, yeah, it worked. It was very striking. So when you went to all black and white, though, and not speaking, I think of a mind. Yeah. So How dare you? Did you ever think of that? That's I, why I, Ali died. Hey, the only thing yeah. I can think of more heated than clowns is maybe mine. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if you ever thought maybe I should go mine. I certainly thought so, but it was always Art the Clown. And mine was, was always... a terrible thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and I just thought that it would be a lot creepier if he didn't speak, if I took that, uh, that communication away, because then you become more animal and you can't rationalize or you know have that conversation even though but uh, yeah it was just i thought i always gravitated a little more toward the silent killers even though I'm, i love freddy krueger but i i was always a little more creeped out by michael myers you know just silence standing there in the shadows so your thought was I have a clown that doesn't speak. Let's go talk to voice actors. Was that the approach? <laughs> no, no, it was. Uh, you if you don't know, David's not the original actor to play right. Art the Clown. So it was my close friend, Mike Gianelli, who played him originally. And the only reason Mike played him was because he was uh, a friend of mine who would just hang out with me while I was building special makeup effects. And just I had us. Uh, I had a mold of his face that I would just sculpt uh, zombies on and all these different prosthetics. And if I wanted to test out a bullet hit, I'd be like, Mike, come to the side of the house. And I'd put a blood pump on him and we'd just spray <laughs> blood. And then when it came time to shoot this short film with Art the Clown, I said, hey, dude, I got this killer clown character. Uh, I know you're not an actor, but he doesn't speak. All you kind of really got to do is just sit there and smile and make some goofy faces. I said, I already have your life cast and I want to sculpt a prosthetic for this character. So would you be interested in doing it? And he said, sure, I'll, I'll do it. And then he did a really good job. And then people loved it so much. Everybody's like, you have to make more. I need to see more of that character. So then years later, um, we made another short film and it was a lot more involved. It was, uh, that's the short film, it was called Terrifier. And that's when I really started turning him into a slasher and developing his sense of humor a little more. And that's kind of when I had the personal light bulb moment. I was like, ooh, there really is something special with this character. Um, but long story short, he did not want to be an actor. He just kind of got roped into this. And uh, when it came time to do Terrifier, he said, look, you know, uh, I'm gonna have to, you know, pass because I just can't do this for the rest of my life. I'm not really interested in it. So then I had to start from scratch, which was scary because right. art worked really well. Everybody loved everything we ever did with with Mike. It was great. Um, so, but now going in and getting to cast an actor now, I knew physically I wanted him to be 
It's taller and thinner, because I thought that would immediately be creepier. And then as soon as Dave came in the room, I saw this tall, really skinny guy with a big grin. And I was like, ooh, he's going to look really good in the prosthetic. And, <laughs> and he did. Well, you can tell the story now, because yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, take yeah. it from there. I, I came in, um, no script or anything like that, and I started to freak out, because everybody else had scripts. And I'm like, because oh, I had never done film work. I was a stage actor and voiceover actor. And, and, and I'm like, oh God, this is my first time auditioning for a big film role and this happens. And they call me in the room and I'm like, oh no. Big film role, $35,000. Big for me. Yeah, and I come in and they're like, oh yeah, you don't need a script. You just improvise a scene where you're happy about killing a guy and decapitate him. So go. <laughs> and I did. And I don't know where it came from. I don't know what this says about me, but you can see the, the film online where I like sneak up behind my victim, like cartoonishly, knock him out and saw off his head, pick it up, and I taste it. Don't like the taste of it, so I take out a salt shaker and season it some and taste it again, kind of bathe in the blood and just skipped out in my merry way. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. It, it, it immediately left an impression on uh, me and my producer. And the thing that was immediately different was Dave was super theatrical, and the original art is not animated at all. Uh, he's just a lot more Michael Myers like. And I, when I saw that, I said, "Ooh, like this guy's going to bring a skill set that I'm going to be able to draw from." Not that we, you know, are necessarily going to go that far because Dave was just very, you know, like almost like a cartoon character. But it was so impressive. I said, "You know, we can make him more like a clown now, actually." And and it was just beautiful. I mean, we were constantly exploring what this character could be, and you know, we're always injecting moments of levity and cool new things so it's been exciting so do either of you have a background of knowing about like clowning i mean do you have a vw bug with the <laughs> 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 you have pictures of emmett kelly up on the wall or is it just kind of a basic knowledge? i mean mine's just all pop culture uh you know and especially clowns in horror that i grew up you know kind of killer clowns from outer space clown house it just moving you know, up Poltergeist, right. things like that. Um, but. Mine, mine is both pop culture and also just comes from my, my theater experience because I, I I always loved great you know physical comedians and great silent clowns from you know, back in the day with you know, a lot of vaudevillian actors and like you know that went to the silent film era like Chaplin and Keaton and Marx Brothers and Owen Hardy and all that. And Mr. Bean, I was a huge fan of um, Peter Sellers. Doug Jones, all that. So I, I love those guys, and I, I did a lot of children's theater. Children love physical comedy, and I love doing physical comedy. So that's why, for years, I was just honing my skills doing that kind of stuff. I never actually went to any college or any school for acting. I just learned from actually doing it and watching my betters. And just I always I always go from the, the school thought of like you know learn from your betters and then adapt and make it your own. And I, I was very fortunate enough to uh, tour with How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the musical, for five years. I was actually in Pittsburgh back in 2011 with the show. And um, I, I was the understudy for the Grinch, and our Grinch was the wonderfully talented Stephen Carl, who many would remember from Lazy Town as Robbie Rotten. And he was professionally trained in clowning and physical comedy, and so he was able to take what I had been teaching myself for decades and he's like I, I, I see what you're doing here but here's how you make it better 
And so for five years, I, I had probably some of the best, you know, on the job training anybody could have in that area. And I, that was very fresh in my head when I went in and auditioned for Terrifier. So I was, that was, you, you can look at my performance of Art the Clown, you can go back and look at some old episodes of, um, of Lazy Town. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of rotten rot in, in uh, Art the Clown. And I, I see a fair amount of Keaton as well, Buster Keaton. What I've never seen is Buster Keaton flipping somebody off. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering where you get the other half, because there's two halves to this character. Oh, yeah. There's the kind of the clown thing, and then there's a, a, a pretty messed up individual, which I'm guessing it's you. Uh, so where, where do you get that piece? Um, part of that, I just also think that's just funny for the character because I, I look at art as being the anti-clown. He is, you know, like the clowns are here to bring joy and amusement to everybody else. They're, they're very selfless. Art is very selfish. He is here to bring pain and misery to everybody else for his own amusement. And that's where I got that from. So he's got a very dark, sort of, you know, wit about him. And I, I think, especially since he can't talk, you know, flicking the bird or something like that, I think it's just funny for him to do. And it's like, it's yeah. one of my favorite moments. <laughs> it's just that was completely accidental, yeah. by the way. That was Dave out of character because I had, uh, I had yelled cut, but the camera was still rolling and Samantha Scafidi was coming back over to him and he just gave her the finger after stabbing him in the foot. And everybody laughed on set when it happened. Yeah. Didn't think twice about it. And then months later when I was looking at the, uh, the raw footage and syncing the audio, I saw that and I heard everybody laugh and I was like, ooh, if I leave that in, that would be a nice little moment of levity. Yeah. It's nothing I would ever specifically write for Art the Clown because it's so on the nose, like trying to get a laugh. Right. But if it happened organically like that, um, I said, you know, I'm going to give it a try. And people love it. I think it's a funny moment. <laughs> what, will you ever consider to allow Art to speak? Because it would obviously be very poignant. You know, Silent Bob, they right, have right. him speaking in every, every movie. And obviously... He can handle lines. I know. I think it's. Uh, yeah, you see what I'm doing. I'm trying to find out about terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> what terrifying? He just launches into like a Mia Goth Pearl monologue. Just <laughs> life wasn't always so easy. Yes. Is that the voice? Black child and the whole jerk bit. <laughs> what is it? I think we're doing something like that. Is no matter what, you're gonna piss off fifty percent yeah, of yeah. people. Right. Uh, so, I mean, listen, I would never say never, but that's nothing uh, I ever plan on doing. Let's put it that okay, way. Okay, I'm trying, everybody. I yeah. try. Yeah. I, I think it would be very jarring to hear uh, any voice coming out of him anyways, because the I think, you know, everybody has their own idea how he would sound in their head. So any voice that would come out, mm -hmm. people would be like, no. no. Yeah. You know, it's like some like Jerry Lewis voice. Oh, lady, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> or it just be like some very sophisticated posture. Oh, yes, hello there. You're going to die today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or just, hey there, everybody. You're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah, I think the ambiguity is a big part of his strength and the, the mystique about the character. And I know a lot of people are dying to know what his backstory is. And, you know, it's, it's my job as a creator and as the writer to give you something, but uh, I think spelling it out and telling you too much is could be a detriment 
I, I think mystery yeah. is important yeah, to horror. If you sure. know everything about yeah, it, yeah. the thing that mystifies me is the victim selection. It seems like if you meet them, that's it. Ticking clock. Oh yeah, it's very very random. It's just bad, it is bad random. luck. Oh, you <laughs> just happen to be crossing <laughs> the street while he's there. You're in trouble. Now, you had mentioned that he's partially based on the clown from uh, Twilight Zone, five characters in search of an exit. Correct, yeah, just yeah, visually. Okay, visu from a visual standpoint, not that he's going to be in the garbage. No, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. No, you can see that that character, he, he has the, the bald cap. Um, right. I believe he even has a, a dot, a bit of a bigger dot on his nose. He's got a sideways uh, plant, potted plant on his head. Right. So I took little things from him, yeah, because I thought he just, that's my favorite show of all time. That's one of my favorite episodes. So. I finally watched that episode. Yeah, it's a great, 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 great twist. Great yeah. twist in there. One, one of the best episodes. What's that? Uh, five characters in search of an exit. Yeah, yeah better, check it out. Yeah, it's very cool. Generally, if you go on to one of the online lists of Twilight Zones, it'll be in that top ten. Yeah. Generally, it's a great, I, I would great say. episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Now you went into Terrifier two, and COVID happened. How did that affect the production hmm. of making that? Because you're a small independent. Yeah. Oh, wasn't it Kickstarter? I, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it was Kickstarter. Dread Central yeah. was involved and all that. Well, they weren't even involved yet. Not at that no, point. It was for the distribution. Yeah, product. correct. Okay. Yeah. But you get into this, you have no money, and all of a sudden, a thousand rules. How, how did you react to that? It was a, it was a godsend. It was a blessing really? for us. <laughs> it was a horrible thing, but we turned, <laughs> we turned it into a, a, a benefit because the movie was so ambitious, and uh, for the first time ever, I wanted to hire another uh, makeup team to come in and help us because I was like, how am I gonna possibly do all these special effects? So for months, we were going back and forth with this company, it looked like they were gonna do it. A month or so before we started shooting, they pulled out, and now we were really behind. But my producer said, listen, we just have to jump in and start shooting or else this movie's never gonna get done. So we did that, but the problem was we didn't have any of the special effects done, so we'd have to stop production, and then me and my partner Phil, who's the you know, producer, makeup effects artist with me, um, we'd go into his basement for like a week or two and build all the effects for whatever was coming up uh, for the following shoot, which is no way to make a movie, and that's one of the reasons why it took forever. Uh, and But what happened was, before, right before the pandemic hit us, we started shooting the bedroom scene, and I knew going in when I wrote it that had to be the scene that was gonna rival the Hacksaw scene, and when we were shooting it, I was like, this is not looking anything near like what I had in mind. This is not going to live up to anybody's expectations, and uh, we're going to be failures. And then I just knew we we're going to have to come back and fix this. And then when we got hit with the pandemic about a month after, uh, I called up Phil and Dave, and I said, listen, I'm going to revamp and reconfigure this entire kill scene. We have all this time now, so I'm going to build all these effects properly. And whenever we get out of this, we'll go back and we'll spend an entire week shooting this, making sure it's done right. Uh, and that's what that's what we did. So, um, yeah, as atrocious as COVID was, I mean, there's some positive things came out of it for us. Yeah. I, I have to say, there's something very fun about when you said bedroom scene, right. I'm watching all these things. <laughs> I know exactly who's seated and who is not seated. <laughs> Terrifier too. Do you find that? that it's kind of like a shorthand now is the bedroom scene. Yeah, the bedroom scene. That's what I've been referring to. I mean, yeah, they pretty much know what I'm talking about at the table if I say that or something. Uh, 
Yeah, or the alley scene, the alley kill, uh, the yellow room scene. I hear those yellow walls. Bless. Now, in Terrifier 2, there's a, a lot of what almost looks like a children's show that happens. Uh, and I was wondering if that's based on, did you have any disturbing children's shows that you were trying to, you know, what were you hurt by the Teletubbies? Sharon Lois and Bram. No, I always love the. Uh, I always love the visual aesthetic of those old shows um, filmed on, you know, filmed on video in the seventies or the early eighties, and uh, just things like Fraggle Rock or was uh, the Secret Garden. That's when I really took from. Okay. I said, you know, he'd be right at home as sort of the mascot or the host for one of these for one of these shows. But then I said, he can't just be the host. I mean, I need someone who's really just uh, introducing him and kind of like singing with the children or something first. So then I just turned it into this whole weird sort of hippie, obscure, crazy clown glam nightmare thing, um, which I loved. I loved the Clown Cafe. It was one of the most uh, exciting things to, to shoot. Um, How yeah. long were you in that set? Because I'm guessing Not, you shot that yeah, all Yeah, maybe one five, five days. Yeah. And you're setting people in front of yeah, that was one of the most fun days for me on set because that's the same. I, I did the Tommy Gun scene and the flamethrower scene in the same day, and I was like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> and I was like, it, it's it's the, I like the way he says that. Yeah, um... I have to say it was a very eye-opening experience to actually set somebody on fire and actually set somebody on fire because that that was they they told me to like whoosh whoosh like do one blast on the front one blast on the back and then dance away and i just went whoosh and she's like um, and they're like okay go and i'm like dance dance all right i'm going away now so I just, it, it's, it's a very surreal thing to see someone just go up in flames right in front of you like that it's just like yeah that was cool <laughs> But you know, in, in a, you know, because I knew it was all a controlled environment. Now, if that was right. real life, like no, 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 that's not cool. But that, I was like, what? <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to be shot if I don't start asking about Terrifier Three. Is there anything you can tell us? Nope. <laughs> Are you? I, I guess the question. We realize you can't talk about the the actual story, but. How close is this to being a reality? Do we have this to look? Oh, it's definitely to? happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm writing it right now. Where we are, we're in, we're going to start talking about actually getting it off the ground. I mean, like the best case scenario is we're shooting by the winter, like in in pre production by maybe the fall. Um, so that's that's the best case scenario. But it's definitely happening. There's no doubt about it. Um, there's so much more left to explore with art and Sienna and now and Victoria. Um, how's he gonna, he's just ahead now. <laughs> Where do we go from there? <laughs> Where are you with merchandising? Because I know there's a comic book. I saw an ugly sweater of Art the Clown this past uh, Christmas. There's everything. Whether it's <laughs> whether it's licensed or not, you can find something. I mean, it's, it's all out there. It's pretty, pretty astonishing. Wow, yeah. <laughs> how how do you deal with that? I mean, how do you how do you talk to your parents and your family about <laughs> what you're doing? Because I can't oh. even describe some of these scenes to my family. 
They wouldn't disown me. That's more shocking, I think, to Dave's family. Yeah, I, I was from Alabama. I was, so. I, was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was named after the Omen, you yeah. know, so my right. family knew exactly. I come from a Methodist background, so it's just like, yeah, like, like, unfortunately, my mom's no longer with us, but she was not a horror fan. She thought that Fall of the House of Usher was the scariest movie she had ever seen in her life. Wow. So, yeah, we didn't watch horror movies when I was really growing up, except for my dad would watch them late at night on Sci-Fi Channel when everybody else went to bed. But it, it's my, my sister's mentally and physically handicapped, and uh, at the time when Terrifier 1 came out, she was living in a group home, and a very religious group home oh, at that. And... And she's like, oh, we're going to watch your movie tonight. I'm like, oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh. But she was so excited. She's like, this is my brother's first movie. And we're going to watch it. I'm like, oh, no. You're going to traumatize those poor people in there. And she calls me up right after. So. Well, you were good in it. But wow, that was a lot of blood. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, oh, they probably think I have to be exercised now or something like that. Like, let them know that it's not really me. Please, 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 please. My dad, he's like, oh, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> but like my, my stepmom, she's like, oh, he felt ugly. And I'm like, it was funny because speaking of merchandise, when the the, the, uh, the Trick or Treat Studios figures came out, that to me, I, I had always had a lifelong goal and dream to actually have an action figure of myself because I'm, I'm a huge geek myself. I, I, I grew up on the action figures. I had so many, especially He-Man and Ninja Turtles, all that growing up. So I'm... I, I always wanted my own action figure, so when they came out, I'm like, they sent me some, and I sent them, instead of keeping it for myself, I sent them to my dad and my sister for Christmas that year, because I was just so excited, and, and my dad's like, oh, this is cool. My sister, she had even, I told her that this thing was coming out, she's like, oh, I would love one, all this, she was so excited, yay. So I sent it to her, she calls me up, she's like, I wanted a Walmart gift card. <laughs> And I'm like, how many people have an action figure of their little brother? But you want a Walmart gift card. <coughs> I... Wow. This is uh, this is his therapy right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yeah, it's yeah. the bloody version. That's, yeah. that's worth over a thousand dollars on eBay right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, this costs more than your stupid Walmart gift card. <laughs> when you collect this stuff, you guys collect oh, all the. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I need a, I need a move so I have more space. Yeah, my apartment's a terrifying yeah. shrine. It was I, insane. <laughs> people, yeah. I have a shrine of just. Art the Clown and Joker stuff in my room right now, and it's just like I don't have room anymore. And I'm like, I need more room, because yeah. I, I love it all. It's a yeah, it's a you know, I, I keep all the fan art that I'm given, all that kind of stuff. I one day want to just have an art gallery in my house. An art art gallery. Art, art gallery. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fun to say art art gallery. Uh, I, I, I love like to watch art art around. It's my art art gallery. Come on in, folks. So magic happens. I, I I have to ask you. One of the things I'm, with art is he mutilates and tortures almost more than he murders. It's like murders by that time, he's kind of done with. Him. It's art. Yeah. 
It, where did that come from? Because that isn't a slasher thing. The slasher, they, they grab the sleeping bag against the, yeah. uh, the tree and it's done. This is like protracted. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's the, the thing when the, the best part of the slasher, right, is waiting for the, well, it's the kill. For you, the have, kill. you have to wait for it. And then when it happens, it comes and goes. And you're like, ah, oh, I wish that went on a little longer. Yeah, at least that, that was me when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I'd watch everything, and you'd see the differences in some directing styles, or there were some limitations with the effects, or maybe the MPAA wasn't having a good year, and they were really cutting <laughs> down. So some movies, I'd see them, and you, you know, the knife would come up and go down, and you'd cut away. You wouldn't see anything. And then there were other movies, like Savini movies, The Prowler and Maniac, where you'd see these amazing kill scenes. Ooh, like I like the ones where you actually see everything. That's the kind of filmmaker I want to be when I if I ever get to start making these. And then it's also just the fact that I do the special makeup effects so I could really showcase them and put as much stuff in there as, as possible. But it really started with when I was just getting into makeup and making my first short film. I said, like, how how is anybody going to discover me out of this sea of films that are out there? I mean, what's going to make me stand out amongst the crowd and then I said if I just put really sick shit in this movie you know, it might get people talking it might get them to notice so um, that's what I started doing and sure enough that works <laughs> yeah. if, if uh, you cut somebody in half and show the entire thing uh, it'll get people talking so but that kind of became arts arts mo is just the um, he plays with his yeah he play, yeah seriously he plays with his plays with his victims and it's the foreplay that's that's more important than more actually than the dog. Yeah, exactly <laughs> plays with the mouth yeah so art <laughs> so disturbing uh -oh. I mean where do you get an idea like black well hold on black sauce and where do you get that idea Ooh. to begin with and then you think I can I can make this look decent <laughs> <laughs> one day i just i said i gotta come up with some sick shit i looked up medieval torture methods and uh just for fun well not for yes. fun for research <laughs> for research okay and uh, sure enough that's an actual method um of murder of torture and they would hang people upside down with a, and cut them in half with a giant saw one guy at each end and i said i'd never seen that in all the slashers that i grew up watching i said if we can pull that off i think people will remember that uh, so that was always, and that was anybody who read the script that was the first thing that they brought up after they finished when they got to the last page they said hi he's got a funny story too because your impression was yeah. we're not going to show any of that yeah yeah I, I thought that was all written there just for our benefit to know what was supposed to happen in the scene i think it's going to be like all the other films where it cuts away and then you see the aftermath afterwards and it's like oh no we're going to show all of that i'm like oh yeah <laughs> that's going to be great yeah so, you're obviously a huge horror movie fan, yeah. so I'm going to start down the line with what's your favorite horror movie? Showgirls. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Showgirls instead of that. What is so terrifying about Showgirls? I'm not kidding. Okay. That's a Scream 2 reference. <laughs> but no, I, I, I have so many favorite ones because they're all so great in their own way. But um, I'd say probably my favorite of all of them would be Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Yeah, but there's so many others. Sure, right there. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's, 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 it's so 
for for those of you watching on video, he saw about this much of the shirt, and that was all yeah, he needed. It's one of my favorite posters. I mean, I grew up in you know this mom and pop video store as a kid, and I was obsessed with the the covers, the VHS cover art, still am. So they're burned in my in my brain. I mean, you would rent movies based on the cover. You didn't know what the hell they were about. Like the cooler the cover, you would just hope, hope right. for the best. Yeah. Um, but so, it, it, it's so hard to say. My favorite movie of all time is Jaws, but the soft spot in my heart is uh, The Lost Boys. Yes. Uh, yes. Lost Boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just met V. Neil for the first time. We did the makeup on The Lost Boys, so that was the coolest thing ever. Now, you mentioned the cover art, and I believe your, particularly Terrifier 2, is a lot more of a poster than the first movie. Was there yeah. conscious? Oh, yeah. You you wanted to get into that painted look of yep. uh, compilation. Yeah, because I didn't really uh, I didn't have too much of a say in the first poster, which is fine. It's great. It's just art's face. Uh, that's right. And Sienna. Yeah. No, for part one. Oh, for part one. Yeah, because yeah. we but because we had already distributed the movie. Yeah, we they already picked up the movie, and then they were deciding on the poster. Uh, yeah. Part two, I designed the poster before we even started shopping around for distribution. I said, I want this to have the feel of a retro VHS sort of cover, just artwork. Um, even before we cast Lauren Levera as Sienna, like I knew what Sienna was gonna look like. And so it was, it turned out great. But I mean, I didn't physically do the artwork, but I designed, you know, what was gonna be going on. And yeah, we, we even had a great moment on set one night with Lauren where she would, it was in between takes and she was just kind of just resting on the ground and she was doing the exact same pose yeah. from the poster and her hair was hanging there. I'm like, oh my God, she's the poster. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> wow. Now, one of the questions that has come up when I've talked to people is art. You come up with art to clown. It isn't, um, <laughs> you know, twinkles. It isn't some sort of funny clown name like yeah, Pennywise yeah. is right. kind of a yeah. funny clown name yeah that was exactly why did you go with art because it's just the opposite just the opposite I want again I want to just keep subverting and just going in different directions and I didn't want to give him a traditional name like Bozo or something like that and um, I hate telling the story of why his name is Art Clown but it, it became it you know once once I, I settled on his name being Art that actually sort of worked its way into his MO with how he uh, plays with the victims and then he makes sort of these grotesque works of art how he tags his name on the wall and like he'll turn a guy into a jack-o-lantern and things like that even and like all Hallows Eve like he carves all profanities into her chest and things like that so so he kind of likes to be very artistic with the way he he kills but the truth the truth is is that I sketched literally sketched a piece of artwork on art uh, you know of art and I couldn't think of a name and I was like art and I was like a placeholder <laughs> and then I just kept thinking of that and I was like ooh art the clown I like, kind of like that ring it was like that ridiculous yeah <laughs> so and again kind of a spoiler but a gun you gave yeah. your slasher a gun this has got to be one of the most polarizing it is. things yeah people love it or hate it why is this again you said, well, nobody's doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna... Yeah, I like taking big swings, and a lot of times it's a big swing and a miss, but you have to take those shots. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> oh, God. I, I pun not intended, though, but good catch, good catch. He's been around here. Yeah, 
so I, I want, I, it was a personal challenge. I said, can I put a gun in the hands of a character like Freddy or Jason and can it be scary? Could he still kind of use it as a slasher? And of course he doesn't just use it once, like he uses it to torture the character for the most part. Um, and guns are relevant, always relevant in society. And I thought they're, you know, they are horrifying. And I said, I'm gonna give this a whirl. And I just love the image. Everything with art to me always starts with imagery. Um, and, and I just like just pictured him just standing there like with a smoking gun. I thought that looks cool. That's like something I'd like to see. So we tried it and some people love it. They did not see it coming. Some people think we've broken slasher codes that I didn't know existed apparently, but uh, I love the gun. And obviously you can see how much when I, I give him a Tommy gun and a shotgun and terrify it too. So. Well, I think one of the more popular T-shirts I've seen has been the yeah. uh, holding the revolver from yeah. the, from the first one. Feel lucky, punk. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Wait, I'm curious. Uh, who who likes the gun? America. Oh wow, America. So who doesn't like the gun? <laughs> Just one. Who doesn't like the gun? Wow, all right. That, that's unusual because I have seen some flame wars in that situation. <laughs> but that's the thing, too. It's like, Art's not the first slasher to use a gun. I mean, Chucky. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Ghost Ghost face. Face. Um, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. I, I think it was because it was so slasher reminiscent. Yeah. I, I think that's where. Yeah. But the thing is, too, he, he doesn't just shoot a guy. He, he uses a gun like a slasher would use a gun. He right. uses it not just to kill some, but to maim them. Yeah. And that's what I think is more, more unique about it. Now, obviously we're on the weapons. I'm gonna ask you, I think I know which answer you've given a thousand times. What is your favorite of the weapons? Yeah, My, mine, I, I love his flail. Is, is cat of nine tails because I think that's a very unique weapon for him because it's of course it's 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 a horrible weapon to use against somebody I think it's like I mean, you're getting whipped but you're not just getting whipped with just ropes you're getting whipped with all these different like jagged you know slicing and dicing type of tools that he's put on there but also what makes it more unique is that it's not rope that's human hair from his victims that he is rope together to hold all those instruments on there. So I think that's it's like his trophy case. He's kind of like the predator in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's my definitely the most creative weapon uh, that he uses. But I think just visually, I love just seeing him holding the, the hacksaw and just because yeah, the hacksaw has become the, the iconic kind of kill from the series. So uh, it's a toss up. Any thoughts about including things like a VW bug or uh, a, a fire bucket that has confetti coming out of it. Are you going to go that direction ever or are you trying no. to keep it working? <laughs> I'll tell you right now, no. <laughs> I'm trying. In fact, I'm trying to go the next Terrifier. I want to be the scariest and grittiest one that we've had so far. So I want to make sure that we go back to, to basics a little bit because that's something that it's a pitfall. Uh, you see a lot of franchises, they, they fall into that trap where, especially Nightmare on Elm Street, where Freddy just gets too, it gets too funny and it gets too, you know, surreal and over the top and too more. And so that's scary. Yeah, yeah. And again, and they, they take away way too much of the mystique of the character and then it's no longer frightening. So um, I'm conscious of trying my best to avoid that. Uh, but at the same time, 
you have to keep being creative and you don't want to just have another movie. I mean, some people would love it where it's just art killing people and nothing's happening. But I think, I, I think it has to be a little more interesting than that. I think we have to push the story forward and we need to learn some things as we're, as we're going along. So, Terrifier as a title, um, were you looking to make a franchise? Because it, it just it sounds like a franchise. Yeah. At the time, no, but um, I just knew that I couldn't call, and this goes back to the short film, I knew I couldn't call it Art the Clown or something like that because, well, I knew he was going to, I was going to try and make him into a slasher, the likes of Freddy and Jason, and those franchises aren't called Freddy or Jason, right? They must have a different name. So I'm like, I have to come up with a different name for this. And I was driving around delivering flowers at the time, and I was just thinking of what a tie. Yeah, yeah, I delivered flowers for like 10 years. Delivered flowers. All the way up to, we, to the time we shot, almost shot Terrifier 2. I was, I was coming up, writing the script while I was delivering flowers, coming up with ideas in the flower man. Um, oh, you can <laughs> see it, obviously. <laughs> I'm just amazed he, I didn't write anything with flowers in it, you know, or did I? I mean, just. No, like, not nothing yet. yet, right? No. no. Um, but uh, I just said, I mean, I want this. Ter- uh, in, in All Hallows Eve, the flower with the. That's true. That, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Um, but I just, I remember the moment where I was like, I want this short film to have the feel of like a roller coaster where you just, you just get on and it takes off and it just keeps delivering the goods. And I was just like, well, what would a horror themed like roller coaster be called? Just like a terrifier. That sounds, I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. That's got a nice ring to it. And I'm like looking it up and it's like, it's not even a real word. And I'm like, well, I'm going to use it anyway. (laughs) That's probably what I'm most proud of today is the amount of people that I've gotten to say terrifier because it's not a real word. (laughs) (laughs) So originally the makeup was for a different actor and then you get, did he have the same, because you were talking about a a life mask. Yeah. Did you redo the latex? That's a great question. Because I uh, molded, then I molded Dave's face and I re-sculpted to the best of my ability a new Art the Clown prosthetic. And I just could not get it to look as good as it did uh, did in All Hallows Eve, the one that was on Mike's face. So I was like, I'm just going to put this one on Dave. And they're pretty similar. They're similar enough where I just have to, you know, move some pieces, squeeze some things here and there, stretch some things out. But, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I just it had to be the same, you know, because it was working so well that I didn't want to change it up anymore. We, we used that one process at that one time. Oh, and you can see it. Yeah. The video that has, like, all these millions of views or whatever on, uh, on YouTube of me applying it is me applying this horrible version that I sculpted. It's just cheekbones are, like, this big. It looks ridiculous. It's only in one. Scene when the cops come and yeah. arrest me, and I'm just like, ah. <laughs> no, we used it twice. We used yeah. it for that scene, and we also used it when you're decapitating Mike. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but the yeah. angles are all right when you're so bloody that we kind of looks yeah. okay. So, David, tell us from being the receiver of all this makeup. What is it like in the in the makeup uh, chair? How how long? How do you get through it? Um, it's fine. <laughs> it, it started off as a much longer process. It usually took about four hours when we first started out. Now we've gotten down to about an hour and a half, just depending on how much you know we have to put on there. But we, we've been changing the process constantly with um, different types of masks we've been using too, like uh, what, what they're made of. And because for most of the first two films, we used a, a gelatin mask. And what sucked about this, the, the one part I hated about it was 
it that stuff falls apart very easily when you get some moisture on it and it might that the makeup goes right down to my lips and so the teeth I'm wearing would make me drool a lot and also we're usually filming in the winter and uh, in very cold locations and so my nose starts to run a lot and so you've probably seen photos of me with q-tips in my nose that's why I'm trying to stop my nose from going bleh everywhere but because of that you know the makeup would fall apart very easily and he would have to go back to triage for about an hour so he could repair my face and that that was that was just a time-consuming thing but then we changed it over to a new type of uh, material and it's like, been a godsend it's just made it so much easier yeah is that why you can do a photo opportunity tomorrow yeah uh, yeah yeah <laughs> you got it down to a science now yeah it's well we use foam latex which is the traditional uh material that's been used for like a hundred years now in film but um the problem is the reason why i never used the the foam before was because you have to bake it it's it's all you have to be like a chemist and you have to mix up all these chemicals and you have to bake it into a in an oven for like five hours and it's very toxic so you can't do it in your household oven so it's just something i always try to avoid but now, that's how we came up with terror part too yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> but it's just you know it's not he would start falling apart at the uh, at the photo ops especially if it was like really hot and the lights and my face would just start melting. Yeah, and I can't just stop it and start repairing it. So we have to switch over to the yeah. to the foam. And I remember like one day when we were filming on Terrifier Two, and we we're doing a, during the summer we were filming a scene with it was the the, the just the tip scene where I'm ripping stuff off and I'm stabbing and stabbing, and then my jaw just comes undone. It's sort of like I had two jaws at the same time, and I'm like, oh no, my face is melting. <laughs> Oh, no. What was that gesture again? Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's going on YouTube. It is, and you can find it too. Uh, so, why are people connected to art? I'm going to start with you, dude. I mean, because there's so many of them. What other stuff? It's art. <laughs> well, I, I mean, seriously, there's a lot of uh, people that have tried to start horror franchises. There's a lot of horror movies that just don't hit, where people just, yeah, they, they walk away from them. Art has continued to snowball. And walking through the convention floor, there's just art, 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 art everywhere. What is it about I, I think it's a lot of things. I mean, first of all, in my head, I kind of based them on so many different beloved characters, especially from the horror world. He's a little bit of every single horror icon that came before him. There's bits of Mike Myers, Jason, of course, Freddy, Chucky, Pinhead, Leatherface, Jigsaw, all those guys are inside of ours. And put some Joker in there, of course, as well. So it's like, and I think that there's a lot to it because he's he's the best of all these characters that came before him and he's got charisma and so it's not just another silent guy in a mask that just cocks his head or something like that and does a quick kill he's he he's he's charismatic he's not just trying to be scary the whole entire time he's having fun with what he's doing and it's, I, I think he's just that draws more people into it plus people love clowns people find clowns to be fascinating and amusing and it's i think it's just that the combination of all that's what what makes him stand out 
from the rest of these other characters that have been coming out. And and plus, I just think it's we are fans ourselves of the genre, so we're making the type of movies that we want to see. And we're not just trying to do some cookie cutter, just generic slasher movie and just going, okay, let's move on to the next one. We're having fun with it. And I think it's just that, that combination, all that's what art makes art stand out to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely agree with that. I think um, for me, again, going back to when I was a kid and being a huge horror fan and just, like I said before, looking at these VHS boxes and like, ooh, what's going to grab my attention? I think you really need a striking look for the character that goes a long way, and all the characters we love have striking imagery. Um, and it really just resonates with people and leaves an impression. So I think Art certainly has that. Um, he walks the walk when it comes time to deliver the kill scenes. I think that's another big part of it. Uh, people just keep coming back. What's he going to do next? How are you going to top that? You know, how, how much crazier can he get? But I think what's the most fun about the character is... I mean, how much fun the audience has with Art, despite of how despicable he is. And for in one moment, you almost want to hang out with him. You're laughing. He seems so fun and jolly. And like you said, he's so charismatic. And then the next second, he's doing something so repulsive that you almost want to get up and leave the room and stop some watching. People have. Yeah, that some people do. <laughs> but the people who stay, then he wins them right back over a second later where you want to hang out with him again all of a sudden. I think that's the I think that's the winning uh, ingredient right there, honestly. Well we started this interview I asked about are you mainstream? Are you concerned because these movies are not mainstream. Are you worried that there will be a mainstream influence that might somehow water it down? I'm, yeah, I'm concerned about everything, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, well, sure. You know, there's a part of me that really wants to see what, um, and it thinks not so much I want to see. I think he deserves to get a shot at a, like a studio film. I would love to see that. I would just love to see that production value and that push behind Art the Clown. But at the same time, if that means that we have to water it down and turn it into something it's not, I'm certainly not interested in that. So, um, again, I would I would choose to just keep it in-house and keep it a, a low-budget franchise and keep it true to itself before turning it into a nice-looking Hollywood horror movie. Even though I tell you right now, if the studio gives me money to make it, right, <laughs> it's still going to have that vintage retro feel. But, I mean, listen, there are... I still, I would love for it to look like a movie that was actually shot in like the late 70s or the early 80s, but those you're still talking, those are multi-million dollar movies shot on the greatest cameras with the greatest lenses, so that doesn't mean, you know, you're going to have a glossy Hollywood movie, it's how you aesthetically approach it, so it would still look so amazing. Well, now we're going to get our chance to terrify these two. Do we have any questions from the audience? I got one. We got one right over here. So, the laundromat scene in Terra Part 2. I'm sorry. Written, I'm sorry. Again, okay. <laughs> it's amazing. Stop it's apologizing. Everybody, loves, everybody loves your ass. Yeah. Written in the flower van. So, but at first, I mean, at first he's, you know, he sees the pillow girl, and then she's an invisible friend, and then she's not an invisible friend. How did that happen? Well, he could see her, but nobody else can. Okay. So, if, yeah, if, if any character sort of has their foot in the beyond somehow, I mean, they could they could potentially see her. Okay. Yeah. So she's Clarence the Angel. 
Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 Why did he wash the suit? Uh, hi, 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 Clarence. Hi. <laughs> you, 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 you just do. You just shat on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping that. Uh, questions? I thought. Uh, go ahead. Is for you. Have you ever dressed up as? Art for Halloween or answer your door for trick or treaters is art? <laughs> no, not yet. There was no, no, the other one. There was this one time, this he, I had to do a favor, I had to do him a favor. This girl wanted me to dress him up like art in order to. No, <laughs> No, no, but we did have a moment, though, where uh, when I went in for my makeup test, and, and, and he, he's like, okay, this is your final audition for art. Uh, we just ordered pizza. Here comes the delivery guy. Answer the door. It was in the middle of daytime in the summer in, on Staten Island, and I just answered the door, and the guy just like, <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and I just followed him outside, and the neighbors see me outside. Like, they got kids running around. Yeah, the neighbor got mad. And they go, How dare you? My kids running around. That was fun. But you can just tell how effective he was just on that moment. Just like, total stranger just comes up to the door. Oh, hell no. Like, yes, that's exactly the reaction we want to someone seeing him for the first time. Well, getting back to the first poster, I've had people tell me that's the most terrifying poster is just his face. Mm -hmm. There are people that have told me that's the scariest poster I've ever seen. I'm like, well, you, <laughs> that's you, should, cool. yeah. you should see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Questions? Yes, sir. David. Before planning your role as Dark the Clown, how do you prepare yourself mentally before a scene? I just do it. I, I'm, I'm weird. I, I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> that I'm just like, okay. But it's just in my head, I know it's all fake. So I, I can just, I, I don't have to do the Jared Leto process of <laughs> stuff. So I, which I think all my co-stars are very, very grateful for that I don't have to act like art all day long on set. And just that's, though I still like to have my art moments on set where I, I terrorize people from time to time. Like uh, I like to welcome people to the set. So like my, my, one of my favorite stories was my my first day filming Terrifier 2. It was the second day with um, Lauren and Kaylee, and they're in the the trailer, you know, just getting touched up and they're, you know changing costumes and stuff, and getting you know whatever they had to do. And I just stood. They had already seen me at this point. They knew what I looked like, but I was just standing outside of the window, looking in, and I stood there for probably a good five minutes, just waiting. <laughs> very patiently with a big smile on my face and they finally turn around and see me in the window and they just ah! <laughs> like, where am I terrified to? Now do this, to, I, I, I'm amazed that I'm still alive right now. <laughs> I would do this to Lauren all the time on set because she has a fear of clowns too. And see, why I say this is because she teaches kickboxing and has a black belt. I was risking my life every single time I did this. And I, all I would do would just, should be talking to somebody, and I would just walk up behind her, just stand there and stare at her. 
and then she'll just turn around on my right there. It's like, God! <laughs> I, I love doing that. So, I mean, I, in a way, I am in character, but not. But, um, yeah, for the, the bad stuff I do, I know it's all fake. So, just like, but I, I know it's, it's fun and what it's going to look like. And I can just turn on the angry eyes when I need to and then go back to myself. So, it's just probably a little bit weird for my co-stars because I'll be chatting with them and stuff like that, doing silly voices and all that. And they're like, okay, rolling. I think he sometimes just does it to shut me up. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, okay, strangle, 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 stab, stab, stab. Oh, there I go with them. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then he's caught. And then I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? And it's probably the weirdest thing to see me hovering over them, blood all over my face. And, you know, and then I'm like, are you okay? Give me a hug. <laughs> it's, it's so technical, though. And the, the movies are really made in the editing room. So, so many times he's just doing these little tiny pieces at a time that are all just, you know, it makes it look like very fluid when you see the movie. But it's so technical. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you have to mentally prepare to do more than anything a very physical like an action sequence or yeah. if you have to dig into a body filled with real you know guts animal guts or yeah. something then he doesn't like that yeah <laughs> yeah that's, that's it's good that we don't really roll sound on some of that because especially when i was digging into the, the chest of uh, brooke it was just like the, the stuff they had in there was just disgusting yeah. it was so cold and sticky and, and real and real yeah i mean there were bones and gizzards and everything and I'm just pulling them out I'm just like oh, yeah. <laughs> that would not work and they're like okay let's break for dinner and I'm like I have all this crap all over my hands I'm like are you kidding me now we're going to eat <laughs> I'm like oh god someone just dipped me into like a whole container of Purell please <laughs> I think on behalf of all of us at uh, Horror Realm, we're really pleased to have you guys here, and so generous with your time. You're going to be back at your table some tonight, and uh, tomorrow they're going to be here and doing photo ops, so make sure, if you haven't yet, get over and talk to these gentlemen. They're the future of horror. Let's give them a great big round of applause. Thank you, everybody.